You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Everybody, hey, yeah, baby, are you ready? Whoa, whoa. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Tuck Podcast presented by FeatureDex.com and Sound Talent Media. I am your host, Tuck. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you go and smash the shit out of that subscribe button. Leave some reviews and tell the world how I'm a five-star man. This is the most screamo podcast you've ever listened to in your whole life. Shout out to Liquid Death for sending me some delicious water. Do you like death? Do you drink liquids? Drink Liquid Death. It's delicious. Because it's water, and water is good for you. Um, So, all right. What's up, Mother Talkers? I just wanted to apologize for the lag here. I know I've said that once or twice this year, but uh, I got married. I went to Puerto Rico, and I have to practice a bunch of fit tunes because we're going back to work. So, sorry about that. Took me a little bit, but we're back and we get two new episodes this week. This week we have my dear friend Salem of Bloodbather and Exquisite Delaire, producer and songwriter with poor Stacy. Just Renaissance man. Uh, I've been working with Salem in one of their projects, Lex, for you know the better part of like six months now, and I feel like every day I learn you know something new that Salem is capable of that I didn't know and they're really fucking good at it and I'm over here like what the fuck I'm a herb I don't know how to do any of this shit and it's really inspiring it's been super fun like they're just such an invigorating band and such a joy to speak with so I've been really lucky to get to work for them so far and uh you know I think the band has a super bright future I recorded this episode before I got married so it's going to be fun for me to actually listen back to it as well and I want to take a second and say thank you to everyone that has wished myself my wife and my family um your blessings and it really has meant a lot I know everybody says shit like that um but it was honestly kind of overwhelming um, to end this year by getting married to my best friend and going back to work is um, just a breath of fresh air. Although this year was really difficult, the time that her and I got to spend together was far worth it. And I'm very thankful for that time. And I'm thankful for you all. Um, I'm glad that I got to be with my friends and my family because honestly, other than when I die, this will probably be the only time in my life I've got Fit for a King, Off-Road Minivan, my friends from high school, my family, like all these people together in one place. So um, cherish every day. Cherish those moments. And I am very thankful for you all. Thank you for listening to my show. And we're back, baby. So let's go. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Enough with my emo bullshit. Here we go. My chat with the one and only motherfucking sailor. <laughs> Okay, round two. For everyone out there, we just did like 30 minutes of recording at least, and then my 
computer died. So we'll hope that <laughs> it doesn't happen again. <laughs> but fuck, we got through like all of Bloodbather too. We were yeah. like almost there. And we- then now nobody gets to hear about it. We're not even going to talk about it. No, we Aww. won't. All right. So Bloodbather, we're going to recap really fast and uh, mm. squeeze through all this stuff. Because now at least I've been, I'm, I feel fresh. Okay. So. The year is 2017. You start a band called Bloodbather with your friends from Florida, primarily just you, Kyler, and Jeff. But originally it was just you and Jeff, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to even (laughs) rush through this. Okay. So now that I guess it is helpful that I am feeling refreshed, but this is interesting to have to go back this way, but I'm going to do it. So. You guys, back 2017, you and Jeff decided to formulate this band. For everyone that's listening to the show first, I guess I should preface beforehand. Uh, Salem and I's relationship. Man, I had a nice singing bit at the beginning of this and everything. Goddamn. All right. So Frank Sinatra. I tried. You know, I'll have yeah. to do it again someday. But um, Salem and I, for the last couple months, have been getting to know each other because he is a member of a band called Exquisite Dolaire, on top of also being in the band Bloodbather. And through that, like myself and his friends have been chatting just because myself and my business partner, Jeff, have been helping to manage the band and are massive fans of the project. So we kind of asked if we could thrust ourselves into it a little bit, and they graciously obliged. Um, so... Nice to have you here. Hi, Sam. Yes. Hello. We're really starting from the beginning now. Doing We're starting from the shit. get. Starting from the get. But okay. Yes. Uh, the band started, uh, Blood Bailer. Uh Actually, I think it was probably 2016, but nobody needs to know that. Uh, okay. That's <laughs> right. You said that you guys did release something that you then like, yes. took off the internet. So, but we started, it was mostly just me and Jeff. We had some other, we've had a lot of members as I said before, that they don't know. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, even my band's like that. Fit for a King, if you look at the Wikipedia, there's like seven guys, and I've met maybe two of them, that have oh been God. in the band. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we had a lot of fill-ins, uh, but it's always just been me and Jeff in the beginning where it was just us writing, and then when Kyler joined, it was me, Jeff, and Kyler writing, and then now it's me and Kyler writing. And I think it's going to stick that way. I think we're sticking with the uh, the me and Kyler writing. It's It's been going well like that. It's nice when it's simple and you don't need too many cooks in the kitchen. Nice um, and simple. Yeah, I think for the most part, that's kind of how we operate where, you know, Bob will create most of a skeleton unless someone else comes up with the base idea and then we do it as a unit. But we did have a few tracks on the last record that really were like a team effort, but primarily he comes up with it. Ryan writes vocals. That's like how it goes. And I think it's easier that way for the most part. Yep. Um, just cause people don't make, uh, practice in person, like write in person, like a band anymore. Um, yeah, there's that. That's really, I don't even think that's ever happened with blood Bather ever. I don't think. And that's so weird. Cause a lot of the bands that are like us definitely like, hardcore influence bands, metalcore, like early throwback metalcore bands would probably write songs together in like a room and something. But like, it was, it was literally like, like FaceTime calls and I would be like, yo, I have this idea. And then I would show it to either like Jeff or Kyler. And then now it's just Kyler. I would just show him a deal like over FaceTime. He'll put the phone to his ear 
and be like, yeah, yeah, do right. that. And then, and then do like, and I'd be like, oh, like that. And it's like, it's so funny. But then with technology now, it's like the demos are almost like releasable quality that I can make. Um, so it's, it's so easy nowadays to just like pump out ideas and just make something sound fucking sick. And we know it's going to sound almost the same when it's actually mixed and mastered. Cause it's like a demo that I did. <laughs> no, that's sick. I would, I'm trying to get there. My, myself, the thing I'm really terrible at is programming drums. It's Oof. hard. Yes, it is. At least I think it's hard, yeah, um, no, it but it definitely is. Especially you listen to so many like people's recordings these days and they are, everything just continues to get more creative and more intense. And it's like, man, I can't even, you know, and I guess if if I, I love the instrument, I can kind of crappily play it, but I, uh, yeah, not enough to where I can program like a motherfucker. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just started getting really, I mean, I did all the drums on the, uh, the pressure blood bather album and that was that was hard because i was like this is i don't really know i don't know how to play drums so this doesn't make sense to me but as time has gone on like definitely with like when i started recording lex and stuff i started getting like pretty good at it and now i think i'm i think i'm proficient enough like i remember in funeral just to skip forward a little quick um they sent me that and it didn't even have that vocal break part with the so it goes to like the ride like yeah i added all of that <laughs> like i was oh, like sick. this this song needs a crazy huge vocal break and they're like where are you gonna put it i'm like dude i got this and uh i i literally just like figured out how to play drums i guess i don't, I don't know i guess like just listening to so many records now i feel like i know Maybe not well, it's notes, exactly. You know what, what I mean? Is. Like, yeah, if yeah you can, it's notes. Yeah, if you can follow notes of like playing a guitar or bass or whatever, I guess you can figure out. You know, with the drum, the you know whatever the fuck you want to do, and it just takes a while to get there. I definitely, it's easier for me to start with the keyboard, and then you know try to add it in and play play part by part, like just kick and snare and shit like that. But uh, and then fill the rest in. But that's because I'm a layman and a boomer, as my coworkers would say. So I've be I've become a demon with like the click and paste and copy and paste like at at program drums. So I nowadays, I mean, I I'm gonna be honest. I like real drums and I like mixing real drums more. I think they're just yeah, not it's only way it, better. It's way better. It just sounds so good. Like real symbols. Day, are always uh, going to be better than fake. Yeah. You, you you cannot it's just there's so many inc- uh, intricacies with symbols it even like snare too like rim shots and all that stuff and like all yep. that stuff it's it's so hard to copy with fake drums. Fake drums sound great. Like don't get me wrong. And they're a really good way for bands to to just get like I think monetarily they're fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Like Bloodbather is the perfect example without fake drums. Where would we be? We would not even be like in existence, let alone like on a, a rise records. So I love fake drums, but I think real drums, there's just a level of th- just the intensity, the amount of like play that you could do of just like between softer and harder parts. And it just sounds 
cohesive enough. And I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of real drums. I just think a lot of records sound better with them. But fake drums, I, within the next ten years, I feel like are going to be even better than they are now, and they're really good. Yeah, I definitely prefer real drums. It depends on the kind of stuff we're working on. Where like I definitely understand where we can get away with it a little more with fit, um, with fake shit for to some extent, but symbols you never could uh get away with and i think that everything does sound better with real drums and then like my side project band offered minivan it's like it has to be real like mm-hmm. it's too much of a emo band like you yeah. can't do something like like if you listen to american football and they had fucking fake drums you'd be like what the fuck yeah so <coughs> it's no it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a a hard it's a hard thing to do. I mean, it's it's recording drums nowadays is just like there's not even so many studios left in South Florida, let alone like studios, let alone like venues left in South Florida. But like, I don't even know where I would track any of my drummers that I'm that I'm like cool with. Like, I don't even know a single place that still even records drums in South Florida. Yeah, and yeah, I can, I've I got some do that in, in my, my area, but not a ton. <laughs> And it is most people just don't even want to do it. And it's like, no, we, we have to do we it. We have to necessary. do it. Yeah. Um, but I do, uh, I guess that's, for instance, that we're discussing like where we want to go to make the next off-road record. And mm-hmm. the reason why we want to go to this one studio is because of the drum room and the piano that they have. What, like, what piano do they have? They just have this really beautiful classic piano in this really okay. great sounding room and it's perfect and it yeah. sounds insane. And a lot of places just only have like a MIDI keyboard and stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't have a classic piano. And our drummer is a really, uh, he's a fucking good penis and <laughs> yeah, he needs, uh, he needs it. It's gotta, it's gotta be real. I can't like, I don't mind MIDI piano and I think that it fits with a lot of records. Mm-hmm. But with certain stuff, like what I'm trying to create in regards to this, like those really soft, nuanced moments, like I need it to be real. Like I yeah. reference like stuff that my mom always listened to, like Nora Jones and just shit that you always felt like you were in the room with. Like if I listen to Manchester Orchestra, like they obviously they have like lots of sounds and soundscapes and MIDI stuff that's mixed into it, but there is a core like true piano sound to it on a lot of songs as yeah. well. A lot of that has to do with like the room too, like yeah. uh, that you're recording in. Cause a lot of obviously the studio is probably gonna have like a bunch of room microphones and that's gonna like create like such a huge ambiance. Oh my God. That's going to create like such a huge ambiance. So, I mean, there's, there's, it's just hard to, it's hard to do. Cause like, there's so many, even like some synthesizers. Cause I'm really big into, to, I mean, obviously you've listened to Bloodbather. There's synth yeah. everywhere. Um, I'm really into eighties, nineties synths. Right. And I, I don't even own a real synth. I own like a mini keyboard and just so much software synths. And even then, like you can get close to it, but there's nothing like picking up like a real, even if it's just like a microcork and just playing, oh, yeah. playing with like everything, like playing or with those the knobs. sick Rollins that they have, you know, that yeah, th- around there's, that time area and shit. There's, there's nothing like I, I remember I saw a Juno 60 at the studio, yep. studio when I was recording um, in California with poor Stacy. And I was like, there's no way you have this keyboard. Like, how the fuck do you have this? He had that. He had a DX7. I was just in his house like 
dude, these keyboards are like legendary. And just yeah. touching them, I was just like, this is fucking so insane. inspiring, right? It's like, so inspiring. And you don't even, there's a lot of things with gear too. Like, you ever just pick up like a new instrument and you just instantly write something? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it doesn't even matter if it's like something that you've played before. It just feels so fresh on something that's like, you feel like a baby. Like, this is like, oh my God. Like, this is a new toy. Like, I could just, I don't even that know. That makes you be like, it'll inspire you enough to be like, what? I mean, I know I wrote all these songs coming in here, but now I got to write more songs just because ex- I got this ex- thing in front of exactly. me. And that's how I feel. Honestly, that's how I feel sometimes when I get like new software since. Um, that's how I've been, I, I've been. I was in a kind of a, a writer's block after I got back from California. And then just out of nowhere, probably like three weeks ago, I've just been banging out songs. It's just like, like every day I have so much inspiration to just write. And I think it's really important to like sometimes take a break too. Cause when you write so much music, it's, it gets like yes. almost like a job. And once it hits like job level, it's like, ah, I don't know anymore. You know? I got to do it just when it comes to me. Luckily I'm on a, on a streak these last couple days that have been, or last couple weeks that have been pretty cool where I'm writing some stuff I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me too, I, I have to, I I always want to be able to flex that muscle, but there's just times I have to stop and give myself a week or two where I just, or I noodle a little bit and I play guitar, but I don't really, nothing comes to me for a while. Yeah. But, you I know, like, with, yeah, go ahead. I, I like, uh, personally, I love like the producer role almost like I, that's why I really like. It certainly fits for you. Yeah, that's why I like a lot of the Lex stuff too is because they'll come to me with an idea and I'm like, this is sick, but like we could do this, we could do that, we could do this. And then when it's done, I'm just like, it feels as good as when I was writing songs only by myself, how many times I've done that. Um, Because it's cool because it's like you're bringing someone else's idea to a new level and also you're not only there alone like i don't know when i'm writing alone i feel like kind of lonely but like when i'm recording like lex or something there's, some there's excitement like someone next, to it. there's excitement someone's like looking at me like dude oh yeah. shit you know what i mean when or there's like, exciting stuff going on the band is so upbeat and fun and it's got this yeah. charisma to it that carries itself and it's Facts. really interesting where like you know, like what you and I were tweeting about or texting about last night with the bridge change and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where I know I've heard the song plenty of times. You guys have been sending me the demo for a couple yeah. weeks now, and then I listened to the finished one, and you were like, yeah, like I got them to change that thing, and you had mentioned it to me previously, and I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. Like, this exactly. just fits so that's, well. That's exactly, like... I hear a song and even if I'm not going to say like, I'm a Grammy fucking writer, right? Like, yeah, I, I know not my yes, but not yet, not yet. Uh, I'm going to get there one day, but absolutely. Um, when I heard that song and they had that, they had like a, every time I die, almost breakdown. I'm like, dude, you're missing the point, the point of like how simple this song should be and could be. I remember we were at practice I didn't even write the part. I just literally, I was like, Felipe, give me your guitar. And then right when I got the guitar, I was just like, dude, just let's play the chords, let them ride out and just have that nice vocal, beautiful vocal on top. And then I was like, wait, no, no, no. Put the octave, an octave below, make it kind of soft, sincere, and then build it up again. 
And I remember we recorded on acoustic first and it had two, it was two of it. And I was like, no, fuck this. Just electric. Well, I'll pull down the gain a little bit, uh, make it more sincere and then cut that in half. And then we'll just cut the chorus in half and just start it from the second line. And uh, nobody really knows this too. Like nobody really thinks about like what goes into a song before a song is out, but there's so much shit. Like so we could much. probably both talk about that. Like how much demos change over time. Oh yeah. And, and, and our best songs we've rewritten like three or four um, times. Right. Like yeah. I've had so many songs where I felt like they were never going to, they're never going to be finished. No, like, like one of our first like big hits was the price of agony. And mm -hmm. That song, it started with like a three, four chorus and stuff. And like at one point we were like into it. And then I just had this one day I walked in the room and I was like, I don't, I don't like the chorus anymore. I don't think we should do three, four. Why would you do that? That's not going to be on the radio. Go for mm -hmm. four, go hard. Yeah. And we switch it up and then Kirby writes his chorus and it's like, oh, oh, now, now that's a hit. Like, okay. Like yeah. that just changed the whole thing. And it did take rewriting the song like th four times, I think. And yep. like four big changes. Um, but you hear that often. And that's what's interesting about the stuff that you've done, which is we're still going to do some, I want to backtrack on this, this blood bather stuff that we've now missed. But between that, poor Stacy, uh, poor Stacy and Lex, you do an incredible amount of songwriting regularly. So you're constantly yeah. flexing that muscle. But one thing I wanted to ask is with, the pressure release did you like did had you done any recording before that or did you learn how to record just to record your band and put out this release i would say that i've recorded something before but it was nothing that actually garage band or fruity loops or something that like everyone starts with kind of stuff i think i had logic very early oh okay wink wink um but i I would put, I, it would be like funny stuff. Like I, this is, I don't know how you say that. Uh, I had some like funny, bad recordings in beginning, but it was the first thing that I was like recording. I think someone else's vocals uh, besides, like I've only recorded Jeff's vocals at that time in my own. And uh, that, I don't even, it was so long ago, but it was like, yeah, I think that was my first time actually like m not mixing, but like, producing something only like by myself too like that wasn't just me yeah. it was me and jeff and it was it was hard like i was watching mad videos to like figure out just like just normal stuff that you need like gain staging and like making sure not to clip jeff is the loudest fucking person on the planet um so, so his I, screams are loud they're not like a fry scream oh, dude, or he, i don't know why i get cursed with vocalists that i have to track right next to them and there are Kyler's louder. I don't even know how that's possible. I literally no have way, dude. Kyler is so loud that he it's makes just so high pitched on those highs. How could that be that loud? No, that's he's screaming. Like when I say like, oh my, it's hard to track him because I live in an apartment and like it'll be so bad where like he screams and my uh uh closet is like metal or whatever. The metal like. It like reverberates. That's how yeah. loud he is. It's so insane. But um, fuck yeah. yeah. So I, literally, my gain on an SM7B, which I don't know if you know audio stuff, is like a pretty low gain microphone. Like, yeah. Right now, I'm using a, a cloud lifter, which is a booster for anybody that doesn't do audio stuff. That boosts like 20 dB of gain. Whatever. 
I with the cloud lifter, I cannot even have the gain on on my interface, like the little knob. I can't even have it on tracking at all with him. Like it has to be all the way oh, down. Geez. That's how loud he is. So Oh my god. <laughs> uh yeah, no, he is he, he's he's super loud and Jeff is also super loud. Um but yeah, no, when I was recording, it, that was like my first experience with with recording really and it it went pretty well. I mean, obviously there is some definite things that if I if I could go back on pressure that I'd change a bunch of things, but you know, it's it was a learning experience, and from from there, I've done so much stuff, and like the poor Stacy stuff, I recorded all that in my room too, and he was going to like fucking huge LA studios, and then like would just come to my house and like track in my room, like on my bed, like sitting down, and it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, so when he goes to LA, was he doing like co-writes with people, or what was he doing out there? Yeah, yeah. So like he'll either just go to a studio and just record. Um, and just go to like a nice studio. That's obvious, like a vibe. Like if you go to like, uh, I think it's called like record plant or something like these really nice fucking studios. Yeah, it is a vibe. Um, but, uh, I feel like a lot of the songs that, that he has now were written beforehand, but when we were there, we were writing from scratch at like cool studios. That's sick. Yeah. And you go out there with them and do it too. Yeah, like I, it was well, it was a while ago now. It was I mean, it was in like December. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, personally, this is gonna sound so weird. I would rather just like write in my room, and honestly, like alone. Like, I don't know why I'm that I'm that way, but I kind of just, it's almost like an insecurity where I don't really know like theory and stuff, so I'll just be like noodling around. Yep. So it's not it's not impressive to like watch me come up with an idea, but when I get the idea everybody's like yo there there it is you know same that's what i have a that's kind of how it's worked out for me where i definitely have times i throw in ideas on fit stuff and and do that but i need my time by myself to just like sit on an acoustic guitar and play and yeah i got my acoustic right here yeah and then like i'll go to bobby with something and be like bob like i've got this idea and then him or dan or you know whatever they'll help me bring it to life and make it real and I do that with my other band too, but it's, I also need them to not be around enough because I don't want too much theory involved in what I'm yeah. trying. And that sounds really stupid. Someone would be like, well, how could you do No, it's just, I'm just trying to write something that's based off of an emotion and a feeling. I'm not there's, trying to force anything. There's like a, a love, a level of, I, I hate saying sincerity so much, but like it's, it feels more sincere when it's like, you're not like putting this weird like math to it. Like it's just from the heart. You played randomly something and you felt so like empowered by it that you had to like put it in a song. Um, I, I don't think I ever want to actually learn theory because I feel like I've written so many songs already off just feeling. And I think it works for me. It might not work for other people. Like some other people might have like, it might be like a left brain, right brain type thing. But yeah, I, personally, I, I like just writing whatever I think sounds cool. And it for anybody that doesn't really know theory, like you don't really have to know theory. It's you just have to know what sounds good and yeah. what works. If it sounds good and it works, literally with anything in music or art in general, because like that's another It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even had that conversation on like I did like the pressure art. I did like some art for um for 
for uh, I did the Mood Ring. Do you know Mood Ring? Yeah, yeah. I did their the EPs art. I do a lot. Oh of no, art. shit. Yeah, I do videos too. Like I did the Void video. I did the Disappear video. What? Yeah. So no, you do I, it all. I do everything. Um, but that that comes from a place of like me growing up. Uh, I was a skateboarder. I did not have money, and like I just had to do everything by myself. And just like everything culminated into music somehow. Where it's like to this day, I just. I like working with. Uh, there's this guy named Bobby Keegan. He did uh, like a like he did almost all the Bloodbather videos that I didn't do. He did like Afterlife's recent video with the fire. Oh, okay, sick. Um, I like working with him, but in general, I like doing it myself. I like figuring things out and just like seeing how it works. And w- once it works, I'm like, I get so ecstatic with it. But that's another reason why I like VHS and VCRs and all that stuff. And all this obsolete technology. And that's where I make a lot of my art too. It's like, like taking pictures of screens and stuff. Um, Yeah. It's like, like kind of like what Ollie does too. Yeah. Um, Ollie. I talk to Ollie so much. Like he, so I have the worst sleeping schedule ever. Like I've noticed you're like Jeff. Jeff has an awful sleeping schedule. Also, before we move forward too much, Mood Ring is sick. Yeah. Mood Mood Ring is a really good band. Yeah. But um, yeah, my sleeping schedule, I fall asleep. I had to set an alarm. That's what kept on fucking coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have the worst sleeping schedule ever. I literally, I go to bed at 10 a.m. like every day. And anybody that's like, oh, you could fix it. I cannot fix it. My mom is like the perfect example of like, she even has like the worst sleeping problems. We're just like vampires. Yeah, it's funny because you're the only. I always I noted it to you the other day. I was like, "Yeah, you're the only person I can text at like seven a.m. because you're the only person that's awake." Yeah, so it's Ollie you've been up all night. Ollie Ollie will call me, like in it'll be like eight a.m. here, and he's calling me. And he's like, "Why the fuck are you awake? Like, I hope you just woke up." I'm like, "No, dude, I haven't even gone to sleep yet." Yeah. And we'll just talk for hours about just everything. Like, I I love that kid. He's so fucking talented. And Absolutely. static static dress is. In my opinion, I love all these comeback bands. To, don't get me wrong. Um, like we have a group chat that's literally like Blood Bather, uh, See You Space Cowboy. If I die, if it if I die first, and then yeah. Ollie Static Dress. Um, I love all those bands, but Static Dress. There's just something that's so pure about that band and his artistic direction. Like I love, I love Ollie. It's like, all he's of it. so, he's so yeah. talented, and I hate when people don't give like so much attention and credit to, to people that he does everything. Like he, no, like, he's a, he deserves the genius word. He's the, brilliant. He's the fucking music videos that like, do you ever just the overall look? aesthetic is insane and the consistency and the music videos and like what he adds. And it blows my mind. Like I, you know, I've been texting with him a bit and I know if he's listened to any of my podcasts, then he would know that I'm a massive fangirl, and it's it's a culmination of things with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like, really blows my mind. It, yeah. It's crazy. Like he'll just post like a trailer for them playing like a fucking show. It looks like a goddamn fucking movie, like an yep. IMAX fucking film. It has like so much quality, and I, I just love people that put that much effort into their art because quality over quantity. I, I also believe that too. That's why Blood Bear has like 10 songs. Um. <laughs> no, but it works, man. I mean, and there are, you know, we were talking about in my last podcast, not so the one I just did earlier today with Defonce and stuff. We were talking about some people like a young boy, like NBA young boy who can put out like three records with like 18 songs each with like 
really quick or like some of these artists that can do that and, and create a ton of buzz really quick up that value and like get themselves out there, which is really incredible. But for our scene, I think that, you know, although it is moving towards a more like singles based content based world, yeah, they still want the artistic aspect. Not to say that someone who puts out a ton of music isn't being artistic with it. They may just also have an incredible gift, Yeah, but, but I love that there's... everything that static or a band like that does, I'm waiting for it every yeah. day. Yeah. And the, the weird thing is like, we're, and I hate sounding old or whatever, but this generation is like, it's really hard. People don't understand how, how hard it is compared to like beat music, which is like a rapper goes into a studio. He has a million people sending him beats and he just, he just pick one record on it and get it laid down, mixed and mastered that day. That is not, that's hardly possible for a band. There's so much effort and so much work that goes into just like programming, programming jumps is, is so fucking hard. Um, that it, we're like playing this new game where we have to like even singles compared to like, I love albums. Love. Same. I'm an album person. I have I to love, like a whole album in order for me to love a band. Yeah, conceptual, huge albums and are my favorite albums. Like I, and I could put on like, a record like like one of my favorite albums is is mechanical animals i put on that album i do not even want to pick one song because i can't there's i have yeah. to listen to the entirety because it there's just something about listening to an album that's they put I, I don't even want to know how much effort they put into like an album like that but it's 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 so weird to think about like i feel i used to and think is it like just does marilyn manson write solo like do they write anything or like other than like lyrics and concepts or I've I, never understood how that worked just because it's like a solo artist thing. Uh, I know a lot about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> um, from what I know, Marilyn Manson st actually started in Broward County, which is cool. That's no where shit. I'm from. That's where my band like started as well. Lex started the same thing, um, which is really slept on. Like there's so many Broward County bands, but you guys have a real scene there. Yeah, no, it, it, it's so small though. Like people don't really understand. Like even in the hardcore scene, there's so many good bands in the hardcore scene, um, and they're all like the same members. But that's that's another whole story. But uh, from what I know about Marilyn Manson, like uh, it was Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, and then uh, their manager at the time, like a long time ago, uh, when they're in Miami, was like dropped the Spooky Kids and just become Marilyn Manson and his his name was obviously based off like Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson yeah. um, and like all the other band members as well. So I think, I think it just kind of became his project like through that. But from what I know, like he did like a lot of cool, like promotional stuff. Like before the band even had music, he was like, uh, he was a, uh, what is it called? Fuck. What do people that write in magazines? Uh, journalist. He was a journalist oh. and he wrote an interview for his band before his band even had a song and he was interviewing himself. And I think that's like, so cool. Like just brilliant. stuff like that yeah, is it's it's brilliant. It's in it's that can still happen now. Like I, I, I remember blood bather got a lot of, a lot of listens off. I, I was running like this death core memes page with my friend. Like my friend started it and like, he just needed help and I was just posting and I would just make like blood bather memes and stuff like that. Or just like somehow promote through that. I made playlists and stuff and just people don't really understand like how much self-promotion you could do. Like I'm, 
I wouldn't it's say everything. The, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the king of self promotion, but I think like over the years I've I've done a really good job of like self promoting things. Absolutely. Um, without budgets too. Because I did not have money. I like I did not have money until like No, you just put out interesting content. Yeah, yeah. I just putting out interesting content and putting it like at not only everywhere, but like just putting your all into everything and making sure everything looks and feels and sounds perfect. Yeah, no, totally agreeable. And I mean, of course, like at times people will just look and it's going to create like in a Marilyn Manson kind of ask idea of, man, what's that? This band's hard as fuck. Is that dude wearing a dress? Oh, and they're like, I, what? I, I always I, forget. I always forget. I love that aspect of it because now that I know you, it's it's just it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I you always forget wear, that you wear whatever the fuck you want, whenever you want, and it always yeah, like fucking sick. <laughs> in the in the beginning of the band, that was like a huge part of like why we became a bigger band. Not only just like me and Jeff both being black, but like just the fact that I would I would just wear whatever I wanted. I remember just one. We were just gonna play the show, and I was just like, "I think I'm gonna wear a dress." And Jeff's like, "Do it, like, just do it, like, why, why wouldn't you?" And I just wore a dress, and then I, the first show we played, like, I I was wearing like fishnets, a dress shirt, like, obviously like makeup, lipstick, and everything. Yeah. But I, I didn't really like fully go into drag, and I was really inspired by by bands like Christian Death, um, like Roz Williams is still like one of my hugest inspirations for like. Not I've never like, really listened to that band. Often. One of the best, one of the best like death rock bands ever. Like so, so, the only Theater of Pain I have it on like cassette is one of the most inspirational records like ever. It's so so good. Everybody, everybody like takes their cues from this guy too. Like I would say even like Marilyn Manson did. Like if you look at a picture of this guy, you're gonna be like, oh my god. Um, but he was like no a really really great artist. A queer artist as well. I, I I just I don't know. I love that band, but that was like an, another inspiration for just like fashion from me. Obviously, like I love Prince, David Bowie. Like, yeah. But I I just wanted to wear a dress, and then I I started doing drag a lot more after that to the point where it's like half of my closet is dresses, or I would say even probably like seventy five percent of my closet is just like women's clothing. I just. I just like it. I think it, I think it looks better on me personally. And I just, it's just like in, in life, you just have to do whatever the fuck you want. Like fuck pleasing anybody. Like literally just wear yeah. and do whatever you want. As long as you're not hurting anybody, like just that do was whatever one, you want. Of course. And that was one of the interesting things about when I was in high school and when I started doing the emo thing in like seventh and eighth grade. And this was before straight leg jeans and stuff mm-hmm. so like you had to like go with your mom into american eagle in the girls section and yeah i remember go try on pants and shit and figure out like what size you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like are you a, are you a zero are you a four um i remember in high school i i remember i had this distinct memory like three weeks ago and it's funny you brought up like girls pants there's this girl in my high school she was in my art class I was in ninth grade. She was in, she was like almost a senior. I think she was older than me. Um, and like she had tight pants and I was like, 
where did you get those pants? Like that she had the perfect pants, right? Yeah. Like black, super skinnies. And she's like, do you want them? Like, do you want them? I was like, yes. And I remember she just came to school with like a bag of like skinny jeans. No way. Yeah. And I would, oh, I, sick. It was, it's so funny. Luckily I, 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 there was one point when I, my, I could wear the same size pants as my sister. Mm-hmm. So I started by just pulling a pair of pants out of my sister's closet. Like they were a little too big for her. Mm-hmm. And, um, I could squeeze into them and I was like, okay, like I'm going to wear these to school tomorrow. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. Like, and just started from there on out. I was just like, yeah, this is what I do. And yeah. it was great. Cause it, you know, a super small town, not a lot of other people were doing it, maybe a friend or two, you know? Yeah. So I think you're a pretty lone wolf. Just fashion in general. I like, I love like emo fashion. Like for Lex, I'm definitely like, I have like a whole outfit plan. Like I got this, like, tiny hot topic shirt with the old hot topic logo i got i got like these like these pants that are like striped uh like they're trip pants but they're like skinnier ones i'm gonna get bigger trip pants don't don't you worry um but i think like just just, i love fashion like i i love just dressing i i have like huge gangster spongebob shirts and like ginormous like rock aware shorts and jeans like i just i just like dressing whatever I think like, I do, whatever I think is cool. Yeah. And I think that's why like a lot of people have like, I wouldn't say like an attraction to me, but like they think I'm interesting because like I, I'll wear yeah. a no, dress. You're always putting out unique content and that's right? it. Yeah. It's super. And that's what, you know, like you were getting to before, like, yeah, you're really great at just marketing yourself and putting out stuff that people will be interested in and into because just like, you know, how I've been trying to like, peel back these layers and shit and mm-hmm. get to know you better. It, it is like, it's not just the fashion. It's not just the music. It's all the different types of music. It's about the events. It's about the goth yeah. aesthetic. It's about everything that you do that all encompasses into one very unique individual. It is time for the mid Do you want to work with your favorite artist, maybe a vocalist for a sick feature like Kyler Milo from Bloodbather or Jack from Void of Vision or Shane from Silverstein, maybe even Telly from The Word Alive or the very amazing Ryan Kirby from my band, Fit for the Kings, my band. I own it. No, I don't. It's our band. Okay, need some extra shred on that song you're writing? Maybe Nick Nocturnal from Terminator, Dan Sugarman from Ice Nine Kills or Lee from Born of Osiris should be sweeping all over it. Maybe you're looking for live or MIDI drums to complete that record that you've been working on. Maybe you need someone like Tanner Wayne from In Flames or Austin Archie from Lorna Shore. You can go to FeaturedX.com and share your music with some of the best in the scene. It takes just a few minutes and you may get to collaborate with your favorite artist. We also have now added graphic designers, photographers, and videographers. You can find someone great in your region to work with or have your merch designed by the best. For me, I love Jim Hughes. I love Christopher Rui. There's tons of really, really good stuff up there. Go check it out. Go to FeaturedX.com and create the ultimate song. Do it now! <laughs> okay, Mother Tuckers. This week's mid-roll mosh is uh, by Salem's other band, Exquisite Dolaire, the band that I've been talking about that I manage uh, with my business partner, Jeff. And this song is called I'll Be Late for My Funeral. And back when we had Marla from God Program on the show, she suggested that we play them. And I had heard of the band a little bit, but that was kind of the moment 
that blossomed my love for them. They have their own sound. It's it's really reminiscent of what I grew up on, but every time they write a new banger, I'm just like, yep, that's Lex. And that's something that's so hard to accomplish and to have like an original style. And I just absolutely adore this band and everyone in it. So everyone will know their name as soon as they take over the planet. Here we go. I'll be late for my funeral by Lexquisite Delaire. Yeah, though, like, it's it's funny how far from pressure we just, like, went off of that. But their release is so fucking good, and it's it's crazy that, like, before we got, like, shut off before, who would you say mixed that um, EP? Uh, There is uh, this guy from Hungary. His name is Gaber Toth. He actually makes uh, NFTs now. Oh, that's uh, sick. Like, cool. He does uh, a lot of stuff, and I think it's Blender, which is, uh, we could go into, like, 
how much I love like graphic art in general, but yeah, no, just creative people just always find like their thing. I think that's his thing now. Like I think he he found his thing. So I'm really happy with him. But he's I want to get into that. He's NFT good at audio game. too. Yeah, I need that's I need a great way for it. bands to make money. Yeah, I I'm I've actually been like trying to research it because I want to do a lot of my glitch art, like the stuff that I did for like Mood Ring, uh the pressure, Blood Bather album. Like I want to start doing that and like hopefully maybe get some 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 side money off of that because I, I love I'll send you something art. I heard about yesterday because I was on a chat with somebody yesterday trying to figure out some shit because like the picture when like Kirby ate shit and fell on the riser and we made it into a t-shirt and stuff, or like when I threw my base at warp tour, all this stuff. Big NFTs, so it would be crazy NFTs. So, dude, you know, put me, I want to get into put it. Me on. Yeah, I'm always down I'm, to make art. <laughs> that's that's the next step, man. I'm I'm figuring the shit out because that's gonna be fun. I just want to do f- shit I think is fun. I only yeah, do exactly. shit I, I I enjoy, and it's self serving, but it works for you. And that's one thing that I like about you is you just do fun shit all the time, and it's yeah. led you into the proper direction. People people don't even know about like the stuff that I have under wraps, like. I'm not even gonna. St- I'm not even gonna speak on it because I don't even want to. I don't even want it to be out yet. But like, I work on so much music. I have. I have literally. I have a punk band that sounds like gag and like hoax that I never released a full album. I have oh, no like, shit. I have an HM2 death metal band. I like people don't even know because like I don't really talk about it that much. But like obviously I write for like other artists. That's like where I get the majority of my money. But I don't really like speak on it because it's like. I just like working well, with artists. Well, you put your and, focus yeah. into the areas that, you know, you put your focus into a lot of stuff, but I guess on the outside, you only show a few things that you're like, yes, this is really what I'm working on, working on that I want yeah, you to yeah. see, but you don't need to know all of it. I'm I'm always working. I always like, I if I'm not doing music, it's something else like creative. I think being creative is like the only thing I want to do in life. Like if I couldn't make music, oh. Well, that's one of the things I love about Lex, man, is y'all are just constantly working on shit, and there's always something new to listen to every couple weeks, so there's no mm-hmm. way I can get bored. And it's there's, always something new that I'm probably like, yeah, this is my favorite shit again. There's um, so many, like, I was just going through, I actually, dude, yesterday was so funny. I was going through this old emo idea. I wrote Corpse Party before Felipe wrote Corpse Party. Like I wrote the same riff and I was like, dude, did I, did I show this to you? And you like wrote Corpse Party? He's like, no, that's so weird. Like it's the same chords and everything. No but shit. I've been writing emo stuff for so long and I had nobody to like be like, no. Okay. When I say this revival is so weird to me, nobody wanted to do emo music in 2016. Like I was like, no. I want to start a band like MCR and everybody was like, why would you want to do that? I'm no, like, it wasn't on the comeback thing again. You know? Yeah fucking motherfuckers that shit you know it it drives me crazy because i feel like it's one of those things where i feel like it's like i had to run so you could walk Mm -hmm. where being a part of that original emo phase because it is my favorite thing um and it's surprising that no one did want to do it then and then there were a couple bands that did some like kind of sounding like the used music Mm -hmm. and it just didn't take and now it's the time where, like Jeff and I say, the future is emo. It's going to be massive because you had so much just saturation between the emo nights and you know the broadening yeah. of that term where what is really emo at this point where it's not listening to like placebo and shit and yeah. it's listening to My Chemical Romance and Machine Gun Kelly. And I'm totally fine with it because... 
something like, well, one, I love MCR, but two, like something like Machine Gun Kelly, he may not be my favorite music, but he's going to bring so many people into the scene. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think we had a conversation about that, like over yeah. FaceTime, like me, you, and Jeff. Uh, I, I open, I open it. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like talk smack. I mean, I think it's interesting. No, you can talk shit if you want. Go uh, ahead. I don't, I don't. You can say whatever you want. It's like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. It doesn't matter. I don't like talking down on people, but um, Good for I think you. it's just, it's, it's just interesting. Like, it, it's really just like, it's really interesting how like all of this has culminated to all these like random people in rap being like, Oh, I, I'm a rock star now. Like I think it, it really all boils down to like little peep. And I think like understating yeah. how, how much of an influence he was on Massive. not only, not only just like rap, but like just pop culture in general. Like it's so crazy. Like I was talking to Ned who's in, um, who's if I die, if I die yeah. first. Right. And he was talking about like the beginnings of, emo. he really like started emo rap with like his legit. Beats, like, he like, is one of the four. That's another fathers. thing. That's another thing. That he doesn't get enough understate. credit, man. Right? Like, and I'd even I was just talking to him about like songs that because I loved Lil Peep and I still love Lil Peep, right? And I was just talking about I was talking to him like, oh, like fucking white wine or whatever. And he's like, I did that. I'm like, you did that? Like, what do you mean you did that? Like, you you did the beat? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so many things. So in much life, of it he did, bro. So many things in life has go- have gone like completely full circle where I'm just like, I don't even, I'm so appreciative to have like such a, an amazing friend group that like everybody in my friend group inspires me. Like everybody in that group chat that I was talking about, everybody in there inspires me. Absolutely. And like just Kyler inspires me. Like Lex inspires me. I, you don't even know how, like how happy I am for like very specifically like Aldo and Larry. Cause like they like Although, like, I remember the first, like, show he went to, like, the first local show. Like, if Jeff wouldn't, I think Jeff met him at an Amir show and, like, told him to go to, like, a random local show. And, like, I don't even know what my life would be if I I didn't meet, like, Aldo. Like, I remember when I first met him, I was like, I love this kid. And then when I met Larry, I'm like, I love these kids. Like, they just wanted to. Aldo helps with the Stacey stuff, too, right? Yeah, like, I think he helps write lyrics for him now. Um but yeah, like when I when I when I met them, I was like, they're gonna do something big. Like they were just so excited for music, and they were like f- big fans of Bloodbather. Like I was at the Lex practice, and I I just randomly like grabbed the guitar and like played Consequence, which is like uh, one of Bloodbather. I think it was the first Bloodbather song I ever wrote. And they're like, oh, we used to practice this song like every time we would practice. I'm like, what? Like this is so funny. That's but so sick. I think it's cool. Like I think that's another reason why. Like here's a fucking something to say like you older people in music never cool guy younger people like they are the future put them on to everything be like like treat them how you want you would want to be treated like when you're younger i'm not trying to say i'm old like i'm i'm fucking 24 that's not yeah i'm an i'm a dino in comparison to you yeah like you're not a dino okay um but i'm 24 like all those i think all those 22 larry's 20 turning 21 so it's it's like babies y'all are all babies okay we're all we're all babies but i get what you're saying he's he's a little he's baby baby yeah um uh but yeah like it i I, i'm i don't know i've always like any any type of cool band i'll always jack them as like i'll be like yeah this is the fucking band and when i heard lex i remember the first time i recorded them although it was like yo we have to record a song i was recording this hit one of his friends or whatever and he's like i'm starting like a new band like an emo band and i'm like oh okay 
Like I didn't really have like that. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't have like the hugest hopes for it, right? Yeah. Um, he comes in and like it was a cure, and I was like, like this instrumentally no turned out sick, right? I was like, this kid was like doing the solo at the end. I'm like, this is like sick. Like I was helping a little bit here and there. Um, I remember like I just ended up playing bass on that song too, which is funny. But uh, right when all those started singing, I did not know he could sing. Like nobody told me he's a singer. And like so he was a screamer, right? And he's a good screamer oh. too. Like, yeah, I like his screams a lot, especially in that new shit that nobody's yeah. heard yet. Yeah. Ha ha ha. They don't get to hear it yet. Um, yes. But no, like when he busted out like, and there's no sun. I'm like, dude, like what? And then the chorus, I'm like, dude, you have like the most beautiful voice. Like it's so good. And like his lyrics are so fucking good too. Like I, I'm just so, I'm so happy for him and like for, for, for Lex in general. Like they're just, yeah. like, they're the best guys. Like I love them all. Like I'll kiss them all in the, like I'll, make out with all of them that's how much i love them that's sick I've, yeah I, that's I've how loved. my favorite bands i kiss them on the mouth too yeah it happens As a lot should. on tour you know yeah people seen don't know freaking... about the bromances on tour like it's there's real. real bromances no my my fiance has told me where she was just like you gotta stop kissing so many dudes on tour because you come back you give me the flu i'm like that's just from being in the van but yeah 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 that's just that's just being on tour you get sick like it has nothing to do with me your friend comes out on stage he brings you a beer he kisses you on the face and he goes back to whatever he was doing i think i saw a video of you taking a shot at a bar like you had your wireless going crazy you were like 400 feet from the stage I do that. That's fun. I go to the bar because here's the thing that's really cool mm-hmm. is when you're playing, you're invincible. There, you yes. can do whatever you want, and you no can do whatever gonna, you want on stage. That's very true. The even with the stuff that I've had where I've climbed like a staircase and then like you know flopped into the crowd or whatever, all the stuff like they'll go run up to my tour manager or sound guy or you know whatever and be like, he can't do that, and his response is, well, he's doing it, so. Yeah. He will probably won't do it again, but you're not going <laughs> to stop him. But yeah. the bar area, I legit just walk that sucker, grab a bottle, take a drink. They'll pour me something, like whatever. Because nobody's going to stop you because they're all looking and it's supposed to be fun. And so, you're you're not going to pay for it too. That's probably the- no. You're not paying for it because it's, it's a part of the performance. No, you're putting but- it on the tab. I love to steal from people though. Like when I'm out there, like, so you're, you're walking on the bar, you're having fun, you're playing a breakdown and you see that guy with a freshie, like a real fresh beer. You fucking mm-hmm. steal that shit. You drink yep. that and you look at him and be like, what are you going to do about it, sucker? You he's see gonna, me up here in my sleeveless give the, jean uh, jacket and my the metal horns. And he's just like, yeah. And, and he's like, like yes. And then they get more beer and then you drink that. And then you have them crowd surf you back to the stage. Cause you just drank a lot of beer and you don't want to walk. Okay, how about this? Was this just an elaborate plan, you joining your band, just to get free beers? Pretty much, yeah. I no, I don't even drink that much <laughs> anymore, man. I'm just a big pothead. But I did definitely you know, utilize like the good years of like being on Warp Tour and 500 people hit you up being like, yo, can I come to Warp Tour? And be like, you can bring me some weed and I'll fucking put you on guest list. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, I can't drink a lot cause I'm an idiot when I drink and yeah. I was good at it when I was younger, had a cup like two or three times around like age 30 or so where I blacked out for the first time and I was like, okay, I'm going to not really, uh, go too hard, but at my, at my wedding, I'm probably going to drink a lot. 
Yeah, no. Uh, I was at my sister's wedding very recently, and I had champagne for the first time. Oh, hell yeah. It was really nice. It was a great experience. Delicious. But, um, yeah, no, I, I like, I partake in alcohol. I'm like a, I'm like, I'm cooking dinner. I grab a tall boy or two. Fucking do yeah. that. Like, I, I like, like the that. Trulies. Do you like Trulies? Like Delicious. Yeah. Cause I my fiance is gluten free. Like the kind where if she drinks that, like takes an actual like bread or quote unquote she'll gluten, sick. she'll get real sick. Mm-hmm. So we just drink those or drink uh, Tito's. Tito's. That's yeah. vodka, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, actually the next time I, I put in the group chat with Lex, we drink a lot. Um, you're young. Like, That's what you do when you're exactly, young. Exactly. Right? I was like, yeah, I'm getting Grey Goose and we're going in. Ooh. I want to go fancy. Oh, that'll be nice. Right? I'm That's going to be really fun. You're yeah, a great exactly. Time. Grey right? Goose we, is awesome. The last time we drank, oh, I forgot the, the, I put it on my phone because I'm like, I'm just going to start saying like Russian things before I take shots uh, just because I think it's hilarious. Um, As you should. But I had this Russian vodka the last time. And it was fucking terrible. Like it was tasted like death. Fucking chemicals. <laughs> it tasted like chemicals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I, I like drinking is fun. Like I, there's nothing better than just like chilling with your homies and just like, just like fucking drinking. Like just oh, shooting yeah. shit. Like just that's that's like life is like made for like those small moments. Like I, obviously, like we love touring. We love like being on stage. But like when you get off the stage and you're just like with all your like it's. 30 dudes all doing the, the best same thing all doing ever. the same thing you're all in the same room sweaty as fuck just looking at each other and it's just like dude i love all of you guys like even yeah. if i don't know you that well i've made such good friendships just being on tour with people just because like it is kind of an intimate thing too like you're always with it's almost like a fucking very family. vulnerable very vulnerable see, yeah. i've had moments of myself that i didn't want other people to see but see they on saw tour. me just because they're on tour with me yeah and it's one of those things where then you have that chance to be like well you saw it so let's talk about it like and then mm-hmm. if we get past that then we're real close but if, yeah if you don't get it then you don't get it i uh i give a lot of praise to everybody that's ever toured with me because i have terrible terrible ocd when it comes oh, no to shit. like yeah, like really bad when it comes to like germs and stuff. Like, yeah, one of my bandmates from my other band, he's it's a new thing in his life, but he was mm-hmm. going through that very hard when we yeah. went on one tour together. And yeah, I was I was tough with that. It was a lot to handle. Yeah, and it's 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 like I give so much credit because a lot of people in life will like use shit like that against you, like try to make you feel bad or say something like weird about you like oh he has ocd and blah 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 or they'll try to downplay it but like fucking jeff jeff and kyler have always been like even though they know obviously like what i'm doing is fucking crazy like i'm washing my hands so they bleed and like i'm like being like i can't touch certain things and everything has to be this way and that way they've always been like really really supportive about it definitely jeff and like that's like something that i'll never never forget like just even just like i'll like before i put like my my uh my colored weird contacts in my eye. I like have to wash my hands like a couple times to the point where like on tour, I'll have like my own bottle of soap and I'll have like a, like my jug of water. I'll have a jug of water only used to wash my hands and they'll have to pour the water so I could wash my hands so I could do my makeup and do all that. And they never, never, Jeff has never bitched about that. Kyler has never bitched about it. They've always been like, yeah, I got you. And like just stuff like that. Like you're lucky. Yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to have that. And 
that's something that I'll never like not appreciate. And I always think about that. Like just randomly, I'll just be like, that's my fucking nigga. Like, I they both him. seem like really, really nice people. Yeah, and no, they're they're the best people ever. Yeah, and you know the interactions I've had with them have been really, really great, and not mm-hmm. a ton, but just a little like texting or tweeting here and yeah, there and yeah. stuff like that. But they've always been super cordial and cool with me, so I appreciate it because you know, like we said in the one that got deleted, I think it was at the time when Jeff split from the band. A lot of people were up his ass asking why, yeah. and I. DM'd him too, where I was like, Well, if you want to do a podcast about it, like we can talk about it. But then I was like, That's kind of a fucking dick move because so many, you know, you never know what someone's going through as to why they make the decisions that they do. And I I didn't want it to seem exploitative by any means, just but it was, you know, from a fan standpoint too. I was like, Man, what is going on? Because I am curious, but you know, it, it, it's nice to see that you all have remained so close. Yeah, through yeah. this transitionary period because like i love the both styles of vocals i think they're both fucking sick mm-hmm. but um it's just not that common that you see someone like switch from the band be like no no no, we're all actually really close still we yeah. i just didn't want to do this i think like it was it was definitely a weird time and like he was going th- he was going through a lot like he went he went blank for a while but um you know like s- people just need their time also like just in general like the internet as much as the internet is a good thing it's a terrible thing at the same time it's very i would say the internet is fucking abusive like just thinking about like the internet in general like just how bad it can get um and how like private business sometimes doesn't need to be online and stuff like that Um, some people say some shit on twitter that, that they blows mine. They need to keep it. Mind. Fuck. They need. It. I've I've seen some things on Twitter, just like even just like weird personal stuff that I'm like, the line. Oh my god. When I go on TikTok too, like I, I'm not a huge TikToker. I'm trying to like. Get I haven't it. done I it yet, but I want to do it. Just it's oh, dude. It's it's a weird experience. Like these kids are. I don't. Even yeah. Know. It's it's uh. But it's they, narcissism on display. Oh fuck! In the 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 amount of like personal shit that people would put on the internet, like, oh my god! Like, t- even like, I saw someone cancel their mom on TikTok. Wow. I was like, this is beyond me. <laughs> this is a this well, is a people new will go to any lengths for attention these days. And yeah, I was like, I was like, dude, your mom, like, oh my god, nobody's safe. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, I I haven't I, I haven't downloaded TikTok. I've never looked at the app. I have no idea how it operates. Um, it's other interesting than seeing a lot of other people. It's like fine. The thing I like is that the algorithm is is, uh, or I've heard that there isn't really one. So that way you can actually create a large fan base pretty quickly at, on it, which is pretty cool. quick. Like there's very quickly. Like I have this actually. I have the uh, this guy that I work with. He's a porn star. That's and sick. He's a director of porn, uh, right? Crazy yeah, that's job, super right? Good cool. job. Um, but a lot of butthole re- smells, but very cool. <laughs> Unless not, I mean, if everyone's got to be real clean when they're all up in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Definitely you know, testing. You're not too. like going to the gym and then going to a porn shoot. Yeah, and like from what I know, like uh, STD wise, like they get tested a lot. Oh, I'm yeah, they. I'm porn. sure all those people are clean that way. Like every two weeks too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I hate when people say stupid shit like that, or you know, in regards to like sex work in general. And it's like, no, it's dirty. It's like, no, they're probably a lot cleaner than the fucking bitch that you ate her butthole last night. Like, yeah, because because they have to, they have paperwork and you don't care. So um, yeah, 
but to get into that, he had a, he has a TikTok that like blew up of him just like talking about like the set of porn shoots because that's interesting. Like nobody really super interesting. Like yeah. who the fuck? Like when I was a kid, not a kid, but like when I was like a teenager, like I would want to know like what the fuck is going on like at fucking porn shoots because you don't even you don't even really think like when you're watching shit like that like the, there's a cameraman and like a crew watching all of this. I just want to know, like, did this guy really do this whole thing for a whole hour and only bust one monster oh my, nut? I don't, like, I, I did you bust a nut in the beginning and then you film the rest of it? How I did this all work out? If Where does using, the monster nut come from? Did he drink 10 gallons of milk <laughs> to make a monster nut? Did, is, like, are you taking drugs to keep yourself, like, <laughs> like, how are you even... Did he go to the gas station and take those pills that they offer you to stay I, erect they, for a really long time? These are the questions that I need. When I get closer to him, I have to ask him all these. I'm going to write these down. For sure. Because also, like, think about it this way. You're I'll a young, you know. young, healthy person. You're pretty fit. Like, you're doing porn. You got, like, some monster dong for mm-hmm. your, you know, magnum condom. And you're, like, ready to go full plow. But they, they have you take, like, some Viagra or something. Like, you can get boners already so are you gonna end up with the super if this boner lasts for more than four hours you need yeah, to go to the hospital you're gonna have whatever. to go to the hospital i was watching uh i love how many different conversations we're having this is a good one uh um, yeah boners are awesome yeah i was watching uh f- fuck what ca- dennis rodman it was dennis rodman i love oh, dennis rodman, oh you can talk about how he breaks his dick yes three times yeah. oh <laughs> my god dude what the well, I was doing a bunch of cocaine and I tried to Superman into her <laughs> vagina and then I smashed my penis against the wall. <laughs> oh, I love it. The animations too. The animations in that video are so wow! <laughs> Oh, It's the worst because after you hear a story like that, it, it makes it with real. you. Yeah. And real. then you can feel it. Like every time I think about it, my own dick breaks. I'm like, dude, you got, oh my God. But I love Dennis Rodman. <laughs> That's another style influence, right? Another, oh, yeah. Like, Wow. He married well, himself. Okay. Like, come on. That's what amazing. did you think of Kid Cudi wearing a, a dress in honor of kind of like um, Kurt, Kurt Cobain? Cobain right? um, yeah, I thought that was super cool. And there were so sick. many people that didn't get it and were like, what? It's like, because people are so like dense. <laughs> I don't, this is the thing that I don't get. Um, like how in the 90s, like it's like people are acting like wearing like drag and doing all this thing is like, all this like prince just to go like prince bowie like these things have been a, a thing for a oh, yeah. very long time and then if we go into like ancient culture like m- makeup was primarily a man thing I, I think in like egypt and stuff like it was a very manly thing to like wear the eyeliner and stuff and I what's the why. you know the the dancing in the street video too that he does with jagger and they're pretty much just like let's show everyone how much we want to fuck but we're not going to fuck in this video. Right? Pretty. Yeah, I I felt the sexual tension, and I know that there are rumors, and Bowie, if you hear this, call me and tell me. I want to know. The sexual tension between me and watching When Doves Cry by Prince is a... That's sick. That's That's my mom's favorite. My mom told me that she saw Prince when I was in her stomach. Oh, no way. Which makes so maybe sense. that's why you have such a connection. See, he's one of the artists that my um, that my mother listened to all the time. I used to play um, uh, "I Would Die for You" like all the time so for her so around the house, and um, that was one of my favorite songs to like play on acoustic and just 
It's so sad. I'm not your love. I'm not your friend. So fun. And, but yeah, stylistically, such a massive, massive influence and did whatever he whatever. wanted. Whatever. Oh, my God. He didn't give a fuck, too. Like, yeah. his, his songs weren't even on streaming platforms until he died. You know what I mean? Like, he did not. He, he I just didn't love Didn't need it. I love artists that have that, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm doing what I want. Like, oh, you want to put it on streaming platforms? I'll make more money. Eh, don't yep. want to do it. I don't want to do it. No, he had such a respect for his music, which I'm curious to see what kind of stuff comes out of the vault. Mm-hmm. You know he had hundreds of songs that were Hits. finished. And just the fact that, like, he's another, like, Trent Reznor in the, in the, in the, in the sphere. Of, oh, that's another person I love. But yeah. um, just he plays guitar bass uh sings like he does everything and he was a drum machine master too it's you know? it's so crazy to think about too. sounds it's so crazy to think about like how fucking talented some people some people are just made for big things some people are they're they're just for, they just have so much passion and so much like talent just pure talent just like Trent Reznor is a perfect example. It's just like, and some people just explore it. You know, there are a yes. lot of people. You know, not there aren't ever going to be a lot of Trent Reznors or princes. But yeah. There are a lot of there people could only that be do so have many. a talent, but there are more people that are talented that just hold themselves back that than are people too. that are talented that actually pursue it. Yeah. You know, most people aren't willing to go well. Well, I did well in high school, but I really love to play Screamo. And my parents really want me to go to the state school. But man, I just want to get in a van with my friends. But I should probably go to state school, and then we'll see if I do the Screamo four years after. But then I've got all the college debt, and then I yep. don't really pursue it. And then I just kind of... And it just it becomes a thing of the past, and you always go back and be like, yeah, I used to play shows when I was in high school. It was cool. But then there I are never, those I of us that wanted, stuck with yeah. it and just said, no, fuck you. Like, I'm not doing any of that normal shit. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I have to do to make this happen. Yeah. In my in my personal belief, you live one life and you can't have regrets. <coughs> you really can't. Because there's been so many times where I was like, I, dude, I want to just give up. Like, I can't do this. Like, just just so much stuff where I'm just like, this is just not even like worth it. Like all, like the times that I've been on tour and I'm just like, you just have those days sometimes where you're just like, I would do anything just be in my bed and just, uh, but then like, there's the good times that are like when you get through it and you like, see like, I'm really like privileged to even just have this career opportunity. Yes. And like, just looking around, like I'm in wherever the fuck I am. I'm in fucking LA. I'm in here. I'm, I'm there. And uh, like, I've gotten here. Like, I have had like such a hard time like through life where it's just like I I just have to appreciate like just even being able to have the opportunity to. to but that's just how you acquired so much places. skill. You know, yeah. you you put yourself through these challenges where you said, "Well, if this is some type of art that I want to create, whether it is the visual aspect, the audio aspect, all the stuff, you just explored it and figured it out." Which. Yep. Most people just aren't going to fucking take the time to do. There's, you know, I'm trying to catch up and learn a lot of this stuff now. And I wish I put more focus into it when I was younger because same. then I, you know, who knows what I could do, but you're doing pretty good for 24. I mean, I'm and the other thing I'm really curious about to see is how the Stacy stuff continues to grow, which I think is going to be really fantastic for you. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy producing, 
a lot. Like I think it's a really, really like good time, fun time. I'm super picky though. Like with the artist I because like a lot of people that produce like kind of just sell to anybody. I'm I don't do like no, you beats gotta pick. per se. Yeah. I'm not like a least beat per se, per se type of person. Like I like really like if I'm gonna work with someone like it's gonna be first thing it's gonna be like exclusive and it comes with that exclusive price tag. But uh Yeah. I have to make sure that like you're gonna do well on my song. You know what I mean? You're going to give it, like, it has to turn out good. Do you uh, like to do the whole product with somebody and, like, help to guide the vocals and all that kind of stuff? Or you just hand of off course. the beat and let them do their thing? Okay. No, of course. Like, that's just, the fun part, right? Even, like, just, st- like, there's some songs, obviously, that Stacy was, like, recording elsewhere, but, like, like, Hotel, we recorded in a hotel. It was me, him, uh, there was, like, a girl that he was with there. Um, who else was there? I think. I don't, Ian Dior was there actually. I oh, remember shit. that. Yeah. Um, just like stuff like that, like very like uh, in my room type things. Like uh, Darkness, he recorded in my room. It was just me and him. Drugs, he recorded in my room, just me and him. Um, empty Room, he recorded in LA. Uh, I recorded in my room. <laughs> um, there's There's so many weird things that people don't even know. Like I remember Play Pretend. Like actually, the beat actually ended up going to Trippy Red, and we had to redo the entire thing. What? Yeah, and we had to. We had like no time to do it, and like we literally only had his vocal stems, and we had to make four different versions of the song. And he had to pick one. People and don't even know Trippy about Red this stuff. No, no, no. Trippy Red put out the the old beat. We oh. put out the new thing that we made. It was it was me, Trill Trilogy, who's done a lot of cool stuff too, and then and then him. But, like, people don't even know about that. Like, just, like, the weird things that producers have to go through. Like, oh, you have to make, like, three versions, and we're just going to pick one. It's so Yeah, that's weird. crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. Like, you have to rebuild this song. So, you have a week. Have fun. Fuck that. Yeah. It's, it's hard. But, I mean, I like a challenge, too. Yeah. No, you, it seems like you're a person who says yes and just kind of, you know, tries new stuff unless you just don't... Uh, and then if I you also don't like wing it, it. Move on. I wing it a lot. A lot of That's people smart. don't know how much how much winging I I do. Like someone will hire me for something, and I'm like, okay, we'll see how it comes. And then they're like, dude, it's so sick, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, fuck, I did. Yeah, like, you got a free ball. Sometimes just fucking go for it. Of course. No, that's, you know, Jeff and I, one thing we talk about all the time is we hate pandering. We hate just talking yeah. about shit. Just do shit, you know? And I was yep. talking about that the other day, too. Like, my buddy who just, like, started a record label for licensing records and doing vinyl sales and stuff like that. And there's always something cool that you can do. It's just, are you going to do it or are you not? You're just going to fucking mm-hmm. talk about shit forever? Or are you going to actually, you know, get up out of your seat and do something? Anybody could say that they're going to be the biggest. Anybody could say that they're going to create the best artwork ever, but it's the people that are quiet that are usually the ones that are like, they're, they're manifesting in their head. Like this is good. This is going to happen. Like the people that are working their ass off. Yeah. I think that one thing that we can put out into the world right now is, uh, Lex is going to be fucking massive. Fuck. Yeah. Lex is going to be so big. It's going to be mind blowing, which I'll yes. have to tell you about this idea I had off air uh, okay. that I brought up to Jeff earlier today. But Jeff, but Lex will be so insanely massive. Everyone will, everyone will know you guys. Yeah, of course. It's dumb. The music's it's, just too good. It's it's so weird because like even they are like because I still like 
obviously I'm in the band, but it's like, I don't really, because if I don't write everything, I kind of feel like I'm just like in the band. You play two roles. You're yeah, in yeah. the band, but you also have a, like an outside pr- producer aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. So, because I started recording the band from the get, so I still have that like mindset. Yeah. But like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you guys are so fucking good. Like, I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I can't wait to see you guys grow so much. And they're like, dude, shut, the- you're in the band. Like, why are you, I'm like, sorry, sorry. Like, no, it's I'm interesting. Like a fan you did too. it a few times today where you talk about it from that perspective and it's like, well, you are in the band. But it's so I get it just because you about. work on the way that you work on the music. Yeah. And it's like it's also it's just with bands and, and with like art in general, like it's a very personal thing. And like I didn't start start the band. So I also want them to have like that feeling that like I'm still a fan too, but like that I'm not like intruding too much into, but that's just my personal thing. That's just yeah. like something that I personally do. Uh, no, yeah, I get it. I'm, I like I'm it. so, I'm so happy to just even be involved. And I, I know it's going to do, it's going to do fucking well and it's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm just proud of them. Like I'm really, really proud of them. Well, and from my that. standpoint I tell them all the time. And that's really sweet of you. And like, you guys all seem to be like pretty fucking tight. And like, as I, first started talking to the band too and you know showed some interest in if I could possibly work for you guys um when they told me that you were in the band I I thought that was very relieving in a sense as well because when it comes time for touring it's something that you've done and you can help to lead the way and they'll need that because Mm -hmm, they are young um but it'll help to avoid some pitfalls that a lot of people when they are young and as talented as a band as Lex is you could get out on the road and get real crazy real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I've told them, obviously I I remember it in this podcast. I fucking, I wanted them to have the first tour horror story, but now that I'm in, I don't know if I want that again. Right. Nah, it Um, ain't going to happen. I mean, you'll have, you'll have horror stories, but it'll be on good tours. at least. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be like a fire fucking tour, but, uh, you can book a shitty one. If you want to book a shitty one, just for the sake of it. They have to go on one. I there. Come on. They have to play some house shows. Yeah, you know, house shows, oh, wait, putting I don't in some know. shitty markets that no one's ever heard of. Fucking with COVID, I don't even make know. you drive fifteen hours. Well, not nah, dude. Everything's going to be a thing. Yeah, anything will be a thing after like Fourth uh, of July. Fuck yes, dude. Uh, you going to book your talk- goth events? Oh, f- oh my god, I can't wait. I there's going to be an emo night that I'm. It's it's not emo. It's a MySpace night, right? Yeah. So nobody, if someone steals my idea. Well, I'm going to do it in July, so you cannot... Here, you want me to stop idea. recording this? I mean, no, we're pretty... No, no, yeah. no, no. We, we can keep it. Uh, okay. I, so I've like, I already announced that I was going to do it right before the fucking pandemic. Literally, oh my God, I literally announced this. And then the pandemic happened. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, it was supposed to be April of last year. Uh, MySpace night, where it's not just emo music, because let's stop lying to ourselves. MySpace had the best music in general. When it comes to rap, R and B, anything, right? Yeah. So mine, you will hear the great songs, right? You will hear the Fallout Boys, the Panic at the Discos, right? Of course. MCR. But you will hear A Bay by uh, A Bay Bay by fucking Hurricane Chris. You will be hearing uh Soldier Boy. You will be hearing uh Justin Timberlake. Uh fucking like one two oh, step. That's fucking like, sick. It's gonna be a good time. It'll and- be so fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I it'll have be so like many, a middle school dance. Ex- oh <laughs> my god, exactly. Like right, 
I didn't, I didn't even get to go to my middle school dances. So I, I this is my. Oh, it's a fun. That was such a good song. One, two step. Oh my God. I already know it's going to be the, the best fucking time. There's a venue local here called Loser Lounge. And it's like this punk tiny venue. I do my goth nights there. And it's just going to be sick. I, I'm going to make sure that it goes safe. Like I'm definitely taking precautions with that, you know, temperature checks, masks. If you don't wear a mask, I will personally throw you out. I do not care. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing where like, okay, so two weeks from now I'm going to be, okay. So two weeks from now I get my second vax. And then two weeks after that, congratulations. you're fully like, thank you. I'm very excited. Me too. And Brilliant. then are you fully vaxxed yet? Do you have, I've been fully vaxxed for sick. over a month and it no works because my mom got Added. COVID. Yeah. And I was in the house with her, taking care of her in this tiny fucking apartment, and I did not get it. That's crazy. So that's so. super sick. And I, yeah, I'm I'm stoked to get it. And then, so two weeks after you get it, you're technically like, you're good, you know, vaccinated or fully vaccinated or whatever. I wonder when people will stop wearing masks. Where, like, for instance, my fiance, she's like, well, when I'm on the subway and shit, I'm just gonna wear it anyway because people are mm-hmm. fucking gross. Oh, when I'm in Walmart, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, always wearing it now. I mean, I look I, like Bane when I have it on, so I don't mind. Because you have like, the beard, yeah, yeah exactly. the beard thing going on too. But um, I actually had black masks, which is funny. Like you can bring this up to Aldo. I was, I've always been scared of germs. I've already had masks from the get, and people thought I was crazy for that. So now. I'm going to wear masks probably for probably for the rest of my life now. Like not a hundred percent of the time, obviously. Right. But if I'm at a show and I don't have to look good, right. If I, if I'm just somewhere with a lot of people and I, I'm going to wear a mask. Like I don't even technically I'm fully vaccinated. Anytime I go even to like someone's house and there's like more than like three people, I'm wearing a mask. Like it's not even for the, the COVID fact, just the fact of like, spitting when you're talking and just stuff like that like i i think it's just like a respectful thing and it's it's a thing in european countries other than fucking like america right like other places like they i think they do it in japan i don't know if i've seen it anywhere else other than like japan um, oh is it just japan i thought it was i thought it was a european thing honestly i don't know though i've never been so I need to. i've been to europe i've never seen the mask thing in europe i've just seen it in japan, in japan. but i think it's cool though. Like I've also seen it in New York a lot just because like we have oh, well, a yeah. really, I live in like a pretty Asian neighborhood. Um, okay. So I see it and stuff anyway. And I just, I don't, I mean, it's pretty gross here sometimes. Oh, it's, <laughs> so, dude, come, you know, I don't, I don't really care. And so I just think gross. after I've worn it in the gym for like as long as I have, I'm like, well, if I can do the gym and like run a couple miles and lift shit with this thing on, it doesn't really fucking matter what else I, I do with it. I almost as a uh, like a proving a point. I might just be wearing a mask the first show I play back, like the first show back, just to dig it in that I'm wearing a mask. So you could be wearing a mask. Like I, you could do anything in a like I Dude, double like Sabian from Alpha Wolf. He's worn one every show for years anyway. Exactly. He just likes and it's, to. It's it's not even like you could breathe. You could do anything. You. I'm not even gonna get into this, but like. No, dude, it's, I've been fucking, I deadlifted today with a fucking mask on and I ran exactly. two miles. Right. It's fine. If you say you have, can't do it, it's because you're a pussy and exactly. you should get over it. And because I can, but I'm also a big, strong man and big I can lift guy. shit because I'm trying and you're mm-hmm. a little bitch and that's why you can't. <laughs> so fuck you. Exactly. It's, 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 it's like a no brainer too. Like, 
I don't know. I'm I'm all about like respect for other people when it comes to just like I mean everything, but like absolutely not. No respect for anybody else. I hate them all. <laughs> I mean, I do I do hate probably the majority of people, but I still I still don't want to like if like definitely now in the future. I hope not only do jobs take it more seriously, like normal jobs. When someone's sick, let them be home. Let them not spread their sicknesses around. Yeah. But also just like common courtesy for your like fellow man and woman and everybody else you know what i mean like just wear like if you're sick if you're coughing if you're sneezing yeah that you should a be mask? a thing for sure like why if would you, you have a cold a why would you not wear a mask i fu- oh my god it, th- when tours come back i swear to god if some fucking kid gives me a cold i'm gonna freak the fuck out like dude like you know better now now you know better yeah that's the problem i'm gonna have though is because i'm used to like when i usually do play like with the videos you just noted and stuff you're, you're like i'll go space. snatch a drink out of some stranger's hand chug yeah. it fucking climb on people like do whatever i'm a filth monster bro mm-hmm. i don't give a shit and that's what's gonna be like now i gotta think twice where i'm like oh, all right i can really spread and receive now yeah and so. before i just was i gave zero fucks about germs like i'll fucking spit everywhere i'm just disgusting oh i do that's monster. another thing that i'm i have to fucking stop i would get like i definitely spit on stage like yeah I, i'm definitely a spitter well, i like to spit in the air and try to catch it in my mouth see i i know i couldn't do that and i feel like it would land in my one eye contact or whatever contact that i'm wearing and then it's gonna like fall out or something and i'm gonna make a fool out of myself you ever play mortal Kombat? Uh, no, I actually, I don't think I have. Honestly. Okay. There's this one character in one of the mortal combats where they talk about, and I think it is maybe like a real martial art where it's like a, like the drunken master kind of thing where mm-hmm. you kind of got this wobbly thing to it. That's how you yeah. do that shit, man. You just gotta like, you do it. You just wobble around and you just like you spit in the air it. and then you just catch it. And it's like, man, that's magic. Or you spit in the air and then your best friend catches it. And then they swallow. Now that's, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. That's bonding. And it's, so a, if you hate germs, but. People's everybody's got germs. You gotta be careful. They're all gonna, you know, somebody kisses well, I'll, you. I'll, give you I'll spit. I'll spit in their mouth. Okay, that's cool. See, that's good. I'll the spitty. I like it. I think that's a really nice or way to end this episode. Is just right, talking yeah. about spitting in people's mouths, even though spitting yeah. on people is mean and terrible, and it's awful. It's a it's a nasty thing to do. Make and sure I, you're you're getting <sighs> consent about spitting. Yeah, you know. Yep. You should. Why not? Because put it in a cup. Like I remember people in like uh, that wrestle used to put it in a cup, and then that's how they tried to lose weight during the day, which I thought was pretty insane. Because uh, I don't think you could spit a whole pound or whatever. But spit it, save it, drink it later. Saliva. You said. It. You said. Put it. Put it in a cup. The first thing I thought was that guy that would jump on things in uh in stores and be like, put them in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought, uh, what was the other uh, something two cups or? Uh, oh no. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. ending it. Oh hell no, dude. You fuck. Now I'm like remembering. There we go. All right. Well, Salem, hold on one second. But thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope you had a good time getting tucked. Of course. All right, Mother Tuckers, that was the show. Thank you for your patience and joining me back here again this week. I'm going to be back in full swing, baby. Yeah, I've got some fun episodes coming up. Next week is Will Ramos from uh, Lorna Shore. He's their new vocalist. The new song to the Hellfire is fucking awesome. I'm ready. It's got that crazy breakdown where he does the snarl core thing. I love you. And as always, 
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.